0: This is Jay,
1: overtaxed overthinker. And this is Elle, and I'm tired as hell.
0: And this is Work the Unworkable. <laughs> Ugh. So, L, 2020 has been a lot. We're facing what many refer to as dual public health crises of racial injustice and the COVID pandemic, right. while also not having access to so many of our usual outlets. Like? I mean, being able to go to brunch, being able to Check. go out on walks. Check. You know, going to the movie theaters. Check. <laughs> yeah. Now we can't do any of that. I mean, you can if you don't want to pay attention to public health.
1: Or are you live in Georgia, Texas. <laughs> Shout out to our <laughs> Georgian Texas listeners. Yes. I need y'all to stay inside. But yeah. I yeah. digress.
0: <laughs> but uh somehow despite all of this and that momentary sensitivity from workplace leadership like right after george floyd's murder earlier this
1: year which was a long time ago right i it know feels like, right i mean long time ago in terms of like how our mind processes this but this was literally a couple months ago
0: yeah it feels like an eternity ago
1: but yeah
0: i don't know about you Somehow, there's still the expectation that we show up to all of these Zoom meetings with smiles yeah. on our faces. Well, let's you keep it your moving. <laughs> right. And then they'll be asking, Alice, is, is there something wrong with your laptop or
1: yeah. can you see your face? <laughs> yeah, my, my camera doesn't work. Sorry.
0: <laughs> that or the, ooh, you know, my internet connection is just a little spotty, so I might be in and out. I'm just turn off my video to make sure it's easier. Right, don't want to disrupt right.
1: the rest of the call. Right, 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 right. So I,
0: I don't know. How do we find the right balance? Because frankly, that expectation, even if it's unsaid, is mm-hmm. just exhausting. And... Yep it just compounds the fatigue that a bunch of us are already feeling Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like, you know, you walk into a meeting and you want to acknowledge that the fatigue is there in a professionally safe way, but it's also even more tiring to have to explain to someone why you're fatigued from everything about 2020.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. And you know they in in these workplace settings they invariably ask how you're doing and so you kind of have to script it a little right you you feel, at least in this pandemic for me I feel like I have to script what I'm what I'm going to say because there's this expectation that you acknowledge that they're trying to acknowledge your feelings but you're tired like what do you want me to say we're all operating in the same pandemic so so work with me here but um Yeah, it is. It is absolutely exhausting. And um, you know, as a as a black woman, it's a there's a balance, right? About how you present that fatigue.
0: Yeah, Um, you can't be
1: at all. You gotta. You have to smile as
0: you're telling them that you're tired. You can't be angry. You can't (laughs) emote too much. We right, all saw right. in those VP debates what it looks like for a black woman to have to hold her composure, yeah. even if she's frustrated.
1: So what are we talking? So what are we talking about today?
0: I think for us really today, we're going to be talking about how do you deal with fatigue? What drives it? How do you figure out the ways it manifests? And mm-hmm. when you get to work, how do you manage it so that it's not actually just compounding the fatigue.
1: Yeah. And how do
0: we our managers or our directs make sure that we're engaging meaningfully, especially in 2020 and well, we hope 2021 better, but.
1: Mm. <laughs> knock, knock on wood, plastic, paper, all, all the things <laughs> that 2021 is a better year. Um, so on that note, what have been some drivers of fatigue for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely the stuff that I do to myself. I've recently started watching Schitt's Creek, which do (laughs) I mean, highly recommend as a great show. Don't recommend staying up late to watch it necessarily. No, no. But that said, you know, bad sleeping habits. I am a chronic overthinker. My brain rarely shuts off when I need to just sleep. And then there's things like our news cycle, right? Mm -hmm just the this whole year and even a certain current incumbent who's still been trying to battle out election results, you know?
1: Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> let's not, I mean, we, let's not wait until that pool. We, all we, we, yeah. we really just have to get to January, what is it, 20th, 19th? <laughs> let us get to, let us, we first let, let us th- pray. Yeah. And let <laughs> us get to <laughs>
0: January <Yes>. 20th. <laughs> But I think there's the news cycle, right? There's the workplace. So microaggressions that I deal with every day when someone's constantly asking me, am I really sure about that? Do I want to check that again? Mm -hmm. Needing to show up with a cheerful face. I also have my own directs to manage, so I don't want to put any of my fatigue on them. Mm -hmm. And then just some of the personal stuff in terms of my parents'
1: health or any friends' well-being. but. The whole laundry list of things, frankly. What about you? I mean, I, I concur definitely on a couple of things. Number one of them being um, sleep hygiene. I'm not sleeping well. Historically, I have not slept well, um, and I guess for the past couple of years have tried to identify, you know, the contributors to that poor sleep hygiene. Whether it's like my own bad habits, anxiety, you know, staying up late on TikTok. Uh, I do not. We need have to talk about that. <laughs> do not get a TikTok account, L. I'm you not. Won't. I'm not. I promise <laughs> I won't. But I promise TikTok is very funny <laughs> and, and very entertaining. So I promise I won't right now. But I can't. I can't promise that I won't get one eventually. But yeah, just like um. Poor sleep hygiene. Like I'm actually literally fatigued all the time, and as we know, like lack of lack of proper rest impacts brain function, impacts mood, and so I would even say that is like a huge uh, driver of fatigue for me, like actual fatigue. Oh yeah, for sure. And then you know, and I alluded to this um, a, a few seconds ago, like anxiety, right? Um, sort of what's happening in my own head. Um, you know what I am saying to myself what I am seeking from other people, um, for example, external sort of validation, right? Like, I don't think I've reached the point where I am fully confident in my ability and and where I am professionally, uh, especially at my age. And so like a lot of those internal conversations or behaviors are driving some of my fatigue right now. Um, and then just being black in, a, in, in an anti-black world, right? We, you talked about sort of like how employers operate in um, 2020, especially as it relates to uh, the death of George Floyd as well as the, the deaths of other um, black folks and brown folks in this country, right? You know, Racism and anti-blackness doesn't operate in a vacuum. It doesn't just happen with respect to law enforcement, right? Right. Being a professional, right, Um, is hard as a black person because a lot of people bring their anti-black behaviors to the workplace. And, you know, in later episodes, we'll, like, dig into that. But that that burden of anti-blackness is a huge driver of fatigue for me. And then um, sort of uh, continuing in this vein on workplace-related uh, drivers of fatigue, like you said, like microaggressions and passive aggressive people, just what I like to call workplace saboteurs, like people who do- Oh, yes.
0: That's a good term for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> people who bring their absolute worst to, <laughs> to work and having to navigate that, you know, it's, it's the the passive aggressiveness, but it's also like the anxious people who project their anxieties on you and expect you to sort of fall in line. It's the overly competitive people, the contrarians. Uh, Um, Yeah. I
0: I think the overly competitive and contrarians are some of the worst, or the ones who are actually very competitive, but Mm -hmm. will sweet talk you to your face.
1: What? Listen, Mm -hmm. listen, don't don't get me started uh, in terms of just like, um the kind of image that people project versus sort of the their real reality activity. yeah yeah and then you know i'm an operations sort of person and i think about efficiencies all the time I, we've had to be innovative and creative in our thinking with respect to how we work um in a pandemic environment but one of the sh- drivers of my fatigue is like whether we're in a, a pandemic or not inefficiency meetings meetings and now that people can insert themselves into your bedrooms through your computer so it's a lot of scheduling of meetings and i'm like if we would not do this in an office building don't do it now but also if we're just having this uh just because we can and if there isn't much to talk about put this in an email and that's not a that's not a novel idea like you've heard it time and again like this could have been an email, but I find that at least where I am now, there's this overemphasis on using virtual platforms to meet. And I put that in email. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm like, ma'am, you better email me. Like, no, thank you. So yeah, that's those are some of my my drivers of fatigue right now.
0: I mean, one of the things that I think about is how everyone's so keen on continuing to foster that engagement yeah. and connectivity. And of course, the way to do that is, hey, let's just <laughs> hop on a Zoom. And sometimes, yes, it's faster. Other times you're thinking, I I don't know if this is the case for you, but before I at least had maybe five to 10 minute breaks between meetings. Hello, now. I could be in meetings for four or five hours straight, and you're just waiting, making sure. Okay, I don't think anyone's going to call on me. I think I have maybe two minutes to run and get a drink of water or take a bio break, as one of my directs always tells me. Take between a bio meetings. break.
1: Yes. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> he literally tells me this <laughs> stolen stolen i'm taking a bio break from now on <laughs> they asked me where are you because another thing to your point about um having running meetings in a virtual environment i'm finding that meetings aren't ending on time and so i'm doing a lot of apologizing into my net like in the chat sorry y'all so-and-so meeting just wrapped up exactly it's worse because at least before it was a
0: hey I actually got to run to this next meeting because there's physical distance to cover. (laughs) Now there's no physical distance, but there's a lot of switching, right? You have to move from topic to topic and you actually have no time to make that switch. So it ends up being very costly, Mm -hmm. again, to your point around efficiency.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think to try to get around that, what I've been trying to do is like, well, you can't uh, work around it completely, especially when people, I don't know about you, but I get, I've been getting a lot of last minute meetings, like just people just throwing stuff on my calendar. But to the extent that I, I can preview what's going to happen in a given week, I'm like, how do I prepare for this meeting? Like, what do I need to prepare? Because yeah. there is no buffer, because there is no gap in between. Um, and so you're, you're having to find different ways and strategies to cope outside of like putting blocks on your calendar. Like in my organization, um, a lot of folks have access to my calendar. And so I just be like private. <laughs> I'm going to put a five minute private block between these two meetings. So you cannot schedule me at this time.
0: I don't know if you all use Google Calendar, but one of my favorite functions, I don't need to use it as often now before people work. Were- they really helped themselves to my time. <laughs> I would use the out of office function because oh, yeah. it automatically rejects the meetings. And my, what? F- oh, it's phenomenal. If you haven't used it, my favorite was I had a block and someone said, no, I really need this meeting. It was 30 minutes. And I wrote back and said, I really don't have a ton of time. Can this be an email? And he said, we need to chat. It'll be five minutes. He literally set a timer so that we wrapped up in five minutes. Truly, yes, that you. is I should have put that into my performance review.
1: Chef's kiss. Spectacular. Exactly. Bring your tomato timer because I don't have time. Remember Pomodoros? Remember oh yes. That? Gotta, gotta yes. love a pomodoro. But yes, I'm I'm here for it because yeah. If it can be an email, put it in an email. But If you're going to use my time, by the way, we don't use a Google platform, but we need to because Outlook doesn't reject, um, Mm -hmm. it doesn't reject. It lets people, it lets you just overlap meeting after meeting, after meeting. And we need to, clearly we need to switch to, to Google platform, but in any event, so you know, we've talked about some of the drivers of fatigue um, that we've identified, not only just in 2020, but just even generally, right? Like some of those things yeah. pre- pre-exist the, the current pandemic. And so um, we touched a little bit on like how it manifests for us individually, but um, how, what are other ways in which the fatigue manifests for you? Like in terms of like sensory and physically and like, what is what does it look like?
0: yeah i mean well one it's looked like i do not even bother with makeup there used to be days where if i needed a little extra armor i would put on my face but these days what i've noticed is if i am super tired i either have a headache or i'm much more apt to get frustrated more quickly and i'll feel guilty about being frustrated with someone. So it's just a whole cycle that really snowballs and gets (laughs) worse. And then I feel a physical tension in my shoulders Mm. as well. And I just end up being in a horrible mood. And again, right, because there's so much pressure of, I'm a manager, I'm a woman of color, I'm Chinese American. I need to make sure that I come with my A-game, I am in a good mood because that's what people are used to. Mm -hmm. And so you're beating yourself up for being in a bad mood, which is a very normal thing because 2020, and yet- Because human. (laughs) Right, (laughs) and yet I'm still somehow going to need to be cheerful in every meeting, but I'm actually just exhausted and I don't feel like I can manifest that. But what about for you?
1: I mean, for me, um, going back to like some of the drivers, like the thing about poor sleep hygiene is that it can be, uh, a result of, of, um, you know, these external forces that cause you to be anxious, but then also it can produce those same results. Right? So if you're, if you're tired, um, I guess, how how should I explain is essentially it's like a cycle, like Mm -hmm. it's it's like it perpetuates itself really. And so like fatigue, like I mentioned before, it's actual fatigue. It manifests where I'm at, at work and again, that's in quotes during a pandemic, but I am not as productive as i can be because i am tired i am physically tired but i'm also physically tired because i have the weight of the world on my shoulders i am thinking about the pandemic that we're in and my family members thinking about the things that pre-exist the pandemic in the workplace the passive aggression the the all the the more the more negative aspects of a workplace and all of this contributes to my inability to sleep and so it just is sick it's a cycle um i think in terms of like how the fatigue uh, fatigue manifests for me also is like procrastination um yes it when you're tired you wait to the 11th hour to do stuff or it's not even when you're physically tired when you're mentally tired you can't drum up the focus and the wheel to start yeah. something that should be started early and so you know i've been my procrastinate pra- peak procrastination levels at this point okay i um, feel that <laughs> yeah and then similarly like avoidance um and what i mean by avoidance like just trying to project And I mean, that's kind of anxiety a little bit, right? You're projecting Mm -hmm. the bad things that might happen in the future. And so if that's what you're projecting, then you start avoiding the potential opportunities for the bad things that you told yourself are going to happen. And so whether it's avoiding a meeting, a conversation, an assignment, being at work, (laughs) right? Yep. Um, Avoidance, um, that's, is one of the ways in which the fatigue manifests for me in in the workplace in particular. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but on this
0: procrastination bit, I've definitely found myself, even on weekends sometimes there's something I need to do and instead I'll just go and take a nap instead of doing it. <laughs> right. Which, you know, I'm telling myself, well, it's good because I'm getting more rest, but it's also one of those things where- shout up
1: for the nap ministry. That's right. <laughs>
0: You get tired and you're thinking, oh, I'm just going to lay down because I don't want to do this thing. I need rest anyway. But then in two hours, you think, oh, shoot, I really need to do that thing. And now I'm stressed and I'm not going to be able to sleep
1: well. Right. Because you took a nap from 5 to (laughs) 7. And now that it's 7 p.m., it's almost time to wind down, at least on a Sunday for me. Oh, yeah. After 7, no, it's as good as not done. Exactly.
0: (laughs) But so we've now talked about what drives that fatigue for us, how it's actually shown up, right? In us pretending that that deadline isn't real and maybe we can just put it off for a little bit longer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So when you get to work, how do you manage the way that you show up? Like, are you open about this? Do you talk about the impact of that fatigue on you with your peers or colleagues?
1: Um, well, so for me... Um... In this situation, it might be a bit different for someone who's been with their organization for an extended period of time, right? The the degree to which you're open um, with your colleagues and your supervisors. And I'm not currently a supervisor, but so in the case of my colleagues, like, you know, you have to build a rapport with those people first anyway. And so I think even when I have really close work relationships, I am... Loathe to share how tired I am for fear mm. of being of, of, of sounding like a broken record, right? Um, and so, you know, in terms of like, you know, sharing and being open in the pandemic, I don't know about in your workplace, but the c- question comes so often, comes up so often. I think, you know, managers and um, heads of organizations are trying to demonstrate, um, or show that they care. And so what you laughing find, at your air quotes with right. demonstrate, <laughs> at the top of a meeting, they might ask a question, or if you do breakout rooms and zoom, and like, uh, there might be guided questions about how you feel and rating how you feel on a scale mm. of one to 10. And I'm low to say, like, right now, I feel terrible. I'm tired, right. and I don't want to be here. And so I kind of like, keep my camera off and just fade, yep. fade to the back or stay in try to stay on the periphery in, in terms of those kinds of conversations because the sharing doesn't serve me. Um, it doesn't make me feel better. And honestly, there's a potential for it to undermine me um, in the eyes of my colleagues. And so I'm reluctant to say, I'm tired. Like this is where I am right now because at the end of the day, they're still going to want me to do the work. Right, um, And, you know, they'll give me this, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, or me too, girl, or, or whatever, sort of, you know, very um, short platitudes. acknowledgement. Yeah, it's a platitude. It's, it's not really a really, it's not a real acknowledgement of how you feel. And then there's this tension of like, to what degree do you ha- want to have those conversations? Because while your supervisor shouldn't contribute to your fatigue, like intentionally, are they ultimately responsible for managing your individual fatigue, Mm -hmm. managing your individual sort of mental process? And that's, that's a, you know, given the way that work relationships work, you're coming in to make a dollar, you've been hired because of your skill set, you do your job, right, go home so yeah I, I would say overall i'm really just i just try to when i'm tired um i try to be stoic in in terms of like how i present myself generally and so when i'm tired i'm not trying to give anyone any indication that i am you're tired.
0: actually tired
1: yeah yeah like i'm I'm just i'm just quiet I, f- I fade to the to the back and then take a nap <laughs> <laughs> on my here's some more air quotes on my lunch time Right.
0: I mean, I've had colleagues who went, this is well before pandemic, but they actually did go out to their car and take a nap. Listen, and
1: if I had a I, car prior like prior to two years ago, I would have definitely been taking lunchtime naps. Those, those yeah. Are gold.
0: I mean, the thing that you said, which really resonates with me as well, is the whole putting on a facade, right? A- yeah, no, it's fine. Or what I found that sometimes I do is the, you smile. Yeah, I'm tired, but it's okay. Anyway, so how are you doing? Very quick diversion, because you know that the moment someone starts digging in, one, you've got to expend even more labor. Like, Elle, tell me about why you feel fatigued. And you're just thinking, okay, you.
1: (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding, but not all the, not really. <laughs> Joking, but not,
0: but also it's one to your point could be used to undermine you, right? Mm-hmm. When someone says, oh, well, this is why Elle didn't get that thing done. I mean, I know she's tired, so let's not give her any work, which is also a whole other thing. Yeah. But also just for you, you now have to be more vulnerable with someone who hasn't necessarily actually done demonstrated that they've earned that right to see you in a more vulnerable state.
1: Yeah, no, I I totally I totally agree. And I would add for 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 you as someone who does supervise like what does that mean for you in terms of your um I don't like the word subordinate, but the people who you coach and mentor um and facilitate like how do you manage fatigue in in when you present yourself to them. And then if they present their fatigue to you, how do you manage that? Or what ways have you thought about it, right? Because there's no expectation that there is a clear answer, really, especially in these unprecedented times. But yeah, how do you think of that sort of dynamic on both ends? One, as a manager, um, who has to appear or give a certain appearance to, or is expected to give certain appearance to your, um, the p- folks who report to you and then understanding that your, the folks who report to you are also going through stuff, right? And you want to be sensitive to that. What is that? How do you manage how you show up for them and for yourself in relation to them?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's been tough. So. One is that I had a manager who always talked about optimistic leadership and gave me the feedback and he's one of my favorite managers, so no shade to him, but I always try to remember that it's important for me as a manager to balance between trying to keep folks kind of hepped up, right? Give them a little bit of excitement, crack jokes. I am someone who routinely gets into all sorts of random troubles with like, when I'm trying to garden or (laughs) bake or what have you. So I share a little bit of those anecdotes to just bring some levity to meetings that I have with my directs. But what I learned this year is that it's also really important for me to tell them when I'm going through something that's tough. So earlier this year, there were a couple of health scares, ended up being fine, Mm -hmm. my family, but my team needed to know that it was okay to say, hey, you know what, absolutely. I'm not going to be totally okay. Because if I don't model that to them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're also not going to model it to me. And the reality is, if you're really tired, if you're distracted, yes, you can, you know, pretend like it's not a thing, but it's going to show up in your work at some yeah, point.
1: Absolutely, And
0: it's better that they know they can come to me with that and I can then set clear expectations of either, Hey, I know you need some time off, but look, here's where we're at on this project. Let's talk about what do you think you can finish? What can Mm -hmm. we reprioritize on your list before you take that time off? Where can I jump in? How can we get someone else to help out?
1: Yes. I love reprioritization. I mean, just to to jump in for a second, like this notion of being, um, getting support on redirecting your priorities during times of fatigue. I think that is a, a skill set and is something that is sorely missed, right? So you talked about modeling behavior for the folks that report to you in terms of like, I'm I'm being vul- vulnerable, or actually I'm being um transparent about what I'm experiencing right now and how this right. like, can impact my leadership. And so in this moment, um, I want you to be aware of what's happening, but I also want you to feel comfortable that you can tell me during those times in your own life, like when there might be circumstances that impact your work. Um, and so, um, I think that is, uh, I think that's super important, but also just to, to take it further. Right. And I think this is something we'll explore in our other podcasts. It's like, it's more than just, um, making a statement, it has to be action oriented, right? Yes. And so the action that I grabbed on to in in what you were just discussing was this notion of reprioritizing. I think sometimes supervisors are so either aloof to the fact that someone has a lot of work to do, or that sometimes folks might need assistance in identifying what's the most important thing to do right now, especially in the face of fatigue. And so this notion of like, Meeting with your subordinate again, sorry to use that word, but like meeting with a person that you uh supervise and saying, I know that this is on your plate, and I'm telling you directly, this is what's most important right now, right. and we will work through this together to figure out um how to get it done. Whether that is you know taking things off of your plate, leveraging other members of the team giving me a piece of it like whatever the case and i think more impl- more supervisors people who are in leadership roles should should think about that as a strategy when people go through fatigue because it is is a, it is a part of life right now in a pandemic we're all sort of going through it together like on a like base level right but then there are variations like your frontline workers are going through like fatigue times 50. Versus, oh yeah. You know the folks who have the luxury of working from home, um, but might have a sick family member, or might have children that they have to help with remote learning. Yeah. Um, and so that that action-oriented sort of approach to coming up with a solution, and not just you know, providing platitudes, I think, um, is super critical and important. I think that's admirable in terms of like this, this notion of repri- like helping to prioritize among other sort of steps to support your team.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the things is being open about the fact that you're not always going to get it right. I've definitely had situations where someone's super stressed, but there is also a really pressing business deliverable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, I think it's better to be upfront about that with someone than tell you, hey, L, no worries. I know you're totally stressed. Right. And then an hour later, um, so by the way, <laughs> Elle, I know we just had this conversation, but if you could just like send me these two reports in the yes. next hour, that'd be so great. Thanks. Yeah, don't do
1: that. Tell me upfront out the gate um because you and i in our our separate chats have have talked about like you know ultimately this is business is business your workplace is your workplace you cannot get around what the expectations are because this is what you signed up for and this is what you're being compensated for and so there is a balance there is a balance of being um uh, empathetic but also um needing to maintain the standards that were set out from the very beginning, which is to get the work done. Um, and yeah. so it, it's not um, it's not easy, um, but it's it's this is this is real life like you get paid to be at a place and to come on and to show up and do the work right. Yeah. And I think it's a
0: as long as the communication channels are truly open, mm-hmm. and I think again, right, this is not about giving the platitudes. And then not doing any of the follow-up because that's a very fast way of destroying the trust that you've built up. And that's what leads someone to either start looking for a new job, Mm -hmm. underperform, because they don't feel like they're actually supported. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I'm hoping that coming out of this year, we don't have almost like fatigue from fatigue and stop (laughs) treating people properly and going back to the same Okay, well that was great to hear, Elle. Um, but we need to get back to work. Just, right. Like, don't right. don't open that door to someone's vulnerability and emotions if you're not gonna do anything with it. Like mm-hmm. just be who you are.
1: <laughs> be who you are and, and be transparent about that, right? And then right. I can make an informed decision about whether or not this is the place for me to work or you know, if I need the money, I just sit tight, but I'm applying for a job, whatever the case may be. But l- allow me to make an informed decision um, in terms of like the work environment and culture and what I can expect from this this manager relationship. Like, let me know. Don't pretend like like things are all fine and well when in the back background, you're fuming, you're anxious you are maligning me to to my (laughs) peers and other people within the organization like just just be straight up um that said right um and sort of in tangentially related to this notion of giving advice to peers what kind of uh, around how to manage um work priorities when you're under stress I think another part of that is also like self-care, like what you do outside of the work environment to help yourself um, deal with the the bombardment of drivers of fatigue. Right. How does sub, uh, self-care play a role in here? And I know self-care like. I'm almost loathe to use the term because it is taking on a life <laughs> of its own. Once self care started popping up in commercials, you knew what time it was. <laughs> like, Here's five
0: hundred dollars spa treatments. Just yes.
1: take on that
0: self care.
1: Right, 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 right. Um, but yeah. at the same time, like even though you know the the conversation, the you know the discussion around this this term has been trivialized a little bit. It's still a real thing that needs to be done in order to weather whether what's happening internally and externally. Whether these drivers of fatigue. So how does it play a role in your life? Like what do you do on an individual level? And to take it a step further, like as a manager, do you give advice for self-care? Is that a thing?
0: Yeah, I mean For me personally, my self care looks like one setting clear boundaries for myself at work and Mm -hmm. with my teams. Right on. I think there are some workplaces where folks expect you to be checking your email twenty four seven. Used to work at one of those where we actually had my laptop. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that while we're still recording. Okay. Right. 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 (laughs) Right. But. I mean, I've been at places where I literally had to put into a spreadsheet when I wanted to be fully offline on weekends. It's a no for me. Yeah. yeah, It's a no for me. (laughs) Took me a couple months to learn that. But I think that's the first thing, setting really clear boundaries for myself and honoring those and making those clear to both my management and my directs as well, because I want them to also set boundaries of Mm -hmm. when they can or can't be in meetings. There are times where I've added last minute meetings because I just need to clarify something and I will tell them, I realize this is last minute. If you can't do it, just tell me again, right? That transparency piece, I'll make it an ask. I will acknowledge if it's not great, but please push back on it and make mm-hmm. space to honor that. The third thing I guess for me is, you know, beyond boundaries for myself, for my team, really finding ways to actually disengage from work. And that looks like attempting to not kill all of my plants in the garden because I am notorious for not having a green thumb, which my family really likes to revel in reminding me about. It means, you know, leaning into more of the artsy craftsy side. so looking at various projects, baking, mm-hmm. reading, watching chefs You speak. are a
1: chef's kiss baker. Oh my God. <laughs> so good. Listeners, I've gotten treats in the mail. So delicious. But I digress, please tell us more about your health care. And I,
0: I think for me, yeah, but those things bring me joy, right? It's creative, of course. Mm-hmm. I have to remind myself to not let the perfectionism creep in because there are times where I'll be baking something and I get super frustrated because it doesn't look exactly like what mm-hmm. the cookbook had, and my mom has to talk me back from the ledge.
1: <laughs> like, does it taste good, girl? Does it right, taste exactly. good? Right, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> but I think those are kind of the biggest things, and of course, you know, doing thought logs, really being more mindful of. What am I telling myself? What are the times where I am breaking myself down?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I had a moment where my therapist told me, and it really just hit me hard. And he said, The world is always going to find ways of making you small, breaking you down. Why would you help the world do that? And I think that's something here as well, right? There's so much that 2020 has taken from us. We don't mm-hmm. need to give more of ourselves for 2020 yeah. to walk off with.
1: Yeah, no, that, that definitely, um, all of those definitely resonate with me. Um, uh, just in, in listening to you talk through and describe sort of the things or the types of self-care, um, big and small ways that you've adopted to help yourself like navigate through the drivers of fatigue. I think one thing for me is sort of thinking about the individual drivers of fatigue and what my contribution is to it. Right. Um, obviously I can't control people, but earlier we talked about like poor sleep hygiene. And so for me, you know, self care has been investing time and energy into understanding, um, the root cause of my poor sleep and how I can address it. So working from home, that means self-care is not working in bed. It's creating a routine Uh, for myself where I get up, you know, I meditate, I read a little for leisure and, um, I plan my day and that's self-care because I'm thinking, um, I'm strategizing on how I'm going to tackle the day. I have a plan in place and that will, it won't account for every sort of bump along the road, but at the very least it can set me up for uh, success, right? Um, and so self-care for me is sort of like doing an inventory of the things that make me tired and thinking of ways that I can individually sort of minimize their impact, like sleep, poor sleep hygiene also with respect to uh colleagues um this is another sort of driver of fatigue that i in some part have a a um not a role but i can mitigate this in some ways and it it goes to your point about setting boundaries Mm. Um, just a short anecdote this week um i was dealing with a um or outside external organization that my organization is working with, right? And we're we're compensating this organization lots of money to do a job. And so the expectation is that, you know, they're professional um and that they recognize that you are the client. Obviously, that doesn't mean you get to be rude, but it does right. mean that they have to meet your needs. And so this um client One of the representatives attempted to admonish me privately about why, ma'am, not today and not ever, not today and not ever. Um, And it was a really pivotal moment for me because my response wasn't to internalize and right, but to sit and think critically about how can I address the situation in a way that makes me feel whole, that puts... Folks on notice that this person is engaging <laughs> in religious behavior and that cre- corrects the behavior. And so they sent me a private email and I sent a very public one.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> to everyone. I mean, and obviously it was professional, but it set boundaries for that person such that you know that I see you and I see your, your poor behavior, that you yep. wouldn't treat me this way. for probably reasons related to to sex and race like you wouldn't normally treat your client this way but because of right. what I look like and in f- your sort of expectations for my role in this you're like don't, don't. you know you've you told yourself that you have to put me in my place no 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 let me set these here boundaries and this is a very specific example but setting boundaries is not it it's It's saying don't call me on the weekends and it's calling out bad behavior in a moment in a way that makes you feel uh, like you advocated for yourself, that is solutions oriented, but like puts people on notice. Like that, I think is important, especially, you know, in a time of a pandemic where we should be extending um, grace, just like an an extra touch of grace because we could all use it right now at this point we have no one is unaffected by this pandemic unless you're rich and you're like those uh did you hear about those explorers i'm going off on a tangent but those explorers (laughs) who are like off on an island in a remote place disconnected from the world and they just found out we were in a pandemic (laughs) two two weeks ago yes so unless you are those people you have been touched by this pandemic um and so yes self-care is setting is most definitely setting all kinds of boundaries for me I mean I love that story because I think
0: I have been there too right where the first reaction when somebody says something that's rude or undermines your authority or intellect you get frustrated and you think are you serious what is happening right now but then it's a reminder of well they can say that I don't need to internalize what they're saying or what they're trying how they're trying to diminish me. Instead, let me take back the reins in this relationship, which Mm -hmm. is exactly what you did and say, I see you. One, I'm not gonna sink to your level of behavior. Flash to Michelle Obama's when they go low, we go high. (laughs) And I'm gonna make sure you know that I dictate the rules of engagement in a way that honor my skills. And my position, honestly, in this relationship.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you said it perfectly, right? Like, abs- absolutely. Like the rules of engagement should never involve, especially in a client relationship, where. And I, I guess I don't want to to introduce a power dynamic into that kind of relationship, but I do think it's important to know, like we we both play roles. We are obligated to respect, not obligated, but we should be respectful and considerate of one another. Like that should be without a given. But I've also hired you to solve a problem. What you're not going to do is act like you're doing me a favor.
0: (laughs) I have been there and been in positions where I remember I was actually traveling to a consultant's office which was on the other side of town mm-hmm. and was literally doing work that we had contracted with them for them to do mm-hmm. but they wouldn't do it they had the upper hand right this power dynamic and my manager at the time said well they're the only ones you got to appease them and i was thinking this is we we are literally <laughs> paying them to do the work but you're giving them my time to make it
1: make sense but make okay. it make sense make it make sense and so in the midst of like yes make it make sense yes for boundaries of self-care um yes for setting those boundaries not only with yourself right but with your peers people who you don't report to you um I, I get before I guess before we transition and just in terms of self care, just also highlighting like some of the other drivers of fatigue, like um, your consumption of external material, whether it be news or social media. I mean, I guess you could say this is another form of setting boundaries, but I, I think for myself, I cannot pretend that I'm not exposing myself to the things that might be drivers of fatigue, right? Right. Being plugged into the news cycle, being on social media, all those kinds of things. And so I think self-care for me also has to be sort of a critical eye on um, what I consume and like how I can reduce that um, because it definitely... I mean, and we talked about this, like just the exposure to those things on a constant basis from the moment you wake up and look at your phone to the-, the Guilty. The moment, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Same. Um, You know, putting in some, um, restricting my, uh, self-care is restricting my access to those materials to the extent that like, to whatever sin- makes the most sense for me. Like I want to be informed, but I also don't want to spend- my entire day sort of drowning in all of the bad news that's happening in the world. And so sort of restricting my time, uh, as a part of the news cycle and being on social media, that for me is also self-care and something that <laughs> is funny. Funnily enough, you see these notices on social media, <laughs> like I'm girl. Right. You know, take a step back, but it's 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 real life. I mean, so much so that even, you know, tech companies are trying to incorporate that into their various technologies, giving you an opportunity to set timers on how... Like Instagram how, will tell you, you've been on Instagram for 15 minutes today right.
0: and you're like, right. okay,
1: cool, except continue except, scrolling. <laughs> let's go, <laughs> right? <laughs> All that to say, there is a wide recognition and acknowledgement that... Um, you know, for some, for the more sensitive of us, and really just for all of us, there needs to be a balance um, in terms of our exposure to these things because they are definitely drivers of fatigue. Um, and self care is te- is is telling yourself and doing, removing yourself from those spaces periodically. Yeah, I think one
0: other thing also that I've had to keep in mind is with self care, some of this is about. They're setting boundaries, but almost expectations for yourself, right? Yeah. Prior to 2020, I think you want to walk in, you want to show off your 100 watt smile and be cheerful. Mm-hmm. And frankly, sometimes you just don't need to do all of that. It's just yeah. too much. Mm-hmm. You can, it is enough to show up at work, make sure you get your stuff done you don't have to be putting on a smile until your face hurts after hours of Zoom meetings.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I think we should also be okay with that from everyone else, because that helps you conserve a little bit. It's like the power saving function (laughs) on an iPhone.
1: (laughs) True that. No, I, I totally, I totally, totally agree. So let's talk about workable wisdom. Mm. Workable wisdom, you know, in our very first episode, yay, we have touched on not only sort of a common experience of the pandemic, but really real drivers of fatigue that many of us experience in the workplace. Um, You know, not only identifying what those drivers are, how they manifest you know uh how fatigue manifests be it physically emotionally shoot financially you might overexercise your wallet <laughs> who knows right um how we manage to show up at work right in the face of fatigue when you are tired but to your point you're expected to smile and be cheery and all of those things and How you take care of yourself in these moments, how you expect your employer to sort of honor the fact that you are experiencing these moments, I think it's a conversation that is, again, predates the pandemic, but has become all the more important now, uh, given that our fatigue that we would generally experience is being compounded by what's happening in the world. Um, And so great ways to help yourself navigate, at least for us, right? Like we've talked about is first acknowledging that you're experiencing fatigue, right? Like make space for it and acknowledge that you're tired. right? In the U.S., especially like depending on the sector you're in, you're expected to be energized and bunny and work x number of hours, and no matter what, and um, you a lot of folks don't even give themselves the space to acknowledge that they're tired. Yeah, they you just keep go. going. You just keep going. You just keep going. Um, and so you know, as a as a first step that. It sounds like you and I have taken is really just to acknowledge that this fatigue exists. Um, the second is, and you touched on this a little bit, resetting expectations, right? Or not even resetting expectations, but setting expectations for yourself. If that means I am a, I acknowledge that I'm tired, but I'm tired, and this, these are the limitations of uh, my fatigue. This is how I'm showing up. I get paid to be here. So I'm going to come in and do my job, but don't expect much more from me. Yeah. Do not do not. I mean, in terms of workable wisdom as a a manager and just reflecting on some of the tips that you shared and what managers can do in this is, um, especially during this pandemic, like, um, What's some additional workable wisdom in terms of, in relation to the folks that you supervise?
0: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things here, right? So one is figuring out what are your quote unquote love languages for employees. I'm not talking about, exact translation of those laws.
1: <laughs> those not appropriate touch no <laughs> do not do that touch can never be a, a workplace. <laughs> right exactly
0: but it's more of figuring out how do they want to be supported how do they want to be affirmed how do they want to be validated right mm-hmm. those are conversations you can have in your one-on-ones and checking in with them on a regular basis to ask what's going on. It doesn't always have to be, L spill your deepest, darkest secrets (laughs) with me and emotions. It's really just, hey, what did you get up to this weekend? How are your plants doing? I know last time you were figuring out how to make sure that they're winter safe when (laughs) it gets colder and there's not a lot of centralized heating, right? Right. The next one is tailoring behavior based on who someone is. Don't try to use a one-size-fits-all. Elle's needs are gonna be different from Jay's needs, and I need to recognize that. And lastly, making sure that your teams know there's the space to take time off if they need to, Mm -hmm. because I think so many people say, yeah, take time off, and you're thinking, okay, but I don't really have somewhere to go, or okay, but what about this other project? You need to actually set them up well for success to say, let's go through, let's prioritize. What is the work you need to do? How much time do you want to take off? When do you want to do that? And let's put together a plan.
1: Yeah. When it's all said and done, we must rest. Yes. (laughs) That is a great way um, to close out our very first show. Woohoo!
0: Yes!
1: (laughs) And we are both going to take
0: naps now.
1: Yes. (laughs) Thanks for joining us and see you next time in the copy room.